Hello, friends. My name is Mike. Thank you for joining me today on Up North Rocks, Northern Ontario's only climbing podcast. Listen to me, Annie. I don't care how experienced you are. A smart climber always wears a belt and suspenders. Dad. Two cams are safe, three's even better. Dad. Not kidding, Annie. Nobody's going anywhere until you put another cam in the wall. Dad, I have three cams. He's just yanking your chain. What the? This route is sandbagged. There's no way this is 5'5". Five five. This is like 5'8". D. Are you someone who is interested in learning to climb in Northwestern Ontario? or just want to get out for a fun adventure? If so, Eric Fishman and Outdoor Skills and Thrills has you covered. With over 25 years experience climbing and over a decade of experience guiding in the region, Eric Fishman is Northwestern Ontario's premier rock and ice climbing guide. Whether you're a beginner or a veteran, big or small, young or old, the Outdoor Skills and Thrills team is always committed to providing a fun and challenging environment to anybody and everybody. You will always be guided by their highly experienced, friendly, and passionate guides through an exciting and enjoyable experience in the best climbing areas around Thunder Bay. Offering summer courses in beginner rock climbing, sport climbing, and trad climbing, and winter courses in beginner ice climbing, leading on ice, and mixed climbing, Outdoor Skills and Thrills has the programs you need to take your climbing to the next level. Check them out online at OutdoorSkillsAndThrills.com, on Instagram at Outdoor underscore Skills, or find them on Facebook to book your next guided climbing adventure. Hi folks, welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm very excited to share today's episode with you, my conversation with world-class ice and mixed climber, Sarah Hunikin. Sarah is a graduate of the Outdoor Rec program at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay and has gone on to do amazing things in the climbing community. You'll hear in the episode that she's very humble, but don't let that fool you. Sarah has won medals at the URA Mixed Ice Comp and the Ice Climbing World Cup North American Championships, has completed multiple link-ups of hard ice and mixed routes, and is the first North American woman to climb M11, M12, M13, and M14. Just for reference, the hardest mixed route in Northern Ontario is M10, and climbing M14 is akin to somewhere in the 514 range. On top of that, Sarah is an advocate for safety and inclusion in the mountains and is the executive director of Mountain Muskox, a community organization dedicated to supporting survivors of trauma in the mountains. I've included some links in the show notes that I highly recommend you check out. The first is to Sarah's recent Arcteryx film called Not Alone, and the second is to the Mountain Muskox website where you can check out the organization and if you'd like, make a donation to support their important work. I really enjoyed getting the chance to chat with Sarah and was left feeling both inspired and humbled. I hope that you feel the same. Well, uh, hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for sitting down. This is, uh, this is really awesome of you to make some time for us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I have a lot of really great memories of Lakehead University and my time there. So this is, I look forward to uh, going back in time and reminiscing a bit with you. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Um, 
Well, yeah, so let's just start there. Um, the basics, you know, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? That kind of thing. Yeah, well, I grew up in uh, south of Niagara, well, in Niagara, I guess. And um, yeah, I, I actually did an Outward Bound course when I was 15 in Northern Ontario. And that sort of spurred on the desire to go to Lakehead for the outdoor rec program. Um, they also had a basketball team, which I was, I played that one year for, and I was pretty keen on that. Um, so yeah, not your typical school to go to from Southern Ontario, but maybe now there's lots of folks who go there, I, I imagine. Um, what was great about it though, was, you know, on holidays, everyone stuck around. Like there's always people to do stuff with at school. You know, there was, you know, you weren't going to just catch a flight for Thanksgiving and go home. So yeah. Um, I don't, I forget what the weaving question was, but I went to yeah. Lakehead University for four years, did the honors outdoor rec parks and tourism and natural science degree. And, uh, yeah, met my best, my best friends there for sure. That place was, was magic. Amazing. Um, yeah, I imagine that will ring true to a lot of folks that have done outdoor rec since then. Um, where, where does climbing come into the picture? Yeah, I didn't really start climbing until um, there was a little climbing gym that opened up uh, probably in my second year of university, maybe third year even. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of fell in love with it there and met some people and we'd go out, you know, we'd go outdoor climbing, past Lake, Silver Harbor, all the places. <laughs> you, you know them, you're nodding your head. Um, yeah, and I was I was really ignorant and um, didn't know anything about climbing, really. I just top roped happily and just really always wanted to push myself. That was the big thing. And so I loved the climbing gym. I was like, I really enjoyed the movement. And and then they had a little competition. I think it was in my fourth year. And so I went into that and I met I met a few people. And that spurred on a road trip when school ended. My fourth year finished, we got into a car and just drove all the way to uh, Red Rocks and J Tree. And that's when I really fell in love with it. I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. Uh, so would, would that have been funky monkey, the climbing gym? Yeah. I, I, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, 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 it's no, it's, it's come yeah. and gone, but, uh, but I've, I've heard many a tale of it from back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's wild to hear the words Pass Lake and Silver Harbor come out of your mouth. It's like a, <laughs> it's a bit of a trip for sure. Um, but it's amazing. Um, oh, those were great spots. I mean, you guys go there still now, right? Totally. Yep. Yeah. Those are both classics <clears throat> for sure. And uh, yeah, there's, there's been, I mean, there's been a ton of development and climbing here since then. Um, but yeah. definitely some of the original stuff is still just as great as it was. <laughs> nice. Um. So, so then I understand that you worked at Outward Bound post graduating. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much right away after afterwards, I worked for Outward Bound um, at Home Place, which was north of Thunder Bay, and then as well their southern branch. Um, I worked for them for a bunch of years, and then also for Outward Bound in New York City and um, Florida, High Ob's. Yeah, I loved working for Outward Bound. It was great. Cool. Um, in the in the time that you were doing the the around Thunder Bay stuff, was climbing at, um, I guess well, 
either Claghorn or the Outward Bound Wall. Was that a thing? Oh, uh, we went to Claghorn and Non Watton. Those were the two places. Okay. Is that familiar? I don't know. Yeah, the second I, one I I'm not familiar with. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. I I was just a um a basic instructor. I wasn't the climbing instructor. I remember Brent uh, Raymond was and he taught me a lot of things back then on about climbing and yeah i just like i said I, I was still pretty newbie cool very cool um and then where where to after leaving northern ontario i guess you mentioned a bunch of other places without their bound yeah i worked for outward bound um yeah down south in florida um and a bit in new york city and then i started to work for Knowles. um out in Wyoming and Arizona and Baja and yeah that was awesome <laughs> and that kind of enabled me to get more into rock climbing too at first I was just doing the, the basic hiking courses which were great you know 35 days of kind of traveling through the mountains and then um then I got to work some of the climbing camps I got to work in Red Rocks and Devil's Tower and um the Dakotas and Red Rocks. It was just awesome. Um, really enjoyed working for Knowles. But eventually, um, I got a job in upstate New York for St. Lawrence University, um, starting a climbing program for them. Um, and from there, I eventually went to Canmore and started my guiding certificate and cool. kind of never, never looked back after that. Sweet. So yeah, you still haven't mentioned ice climbing. When when does ice climbing uh, <laughs> join the picture? When do you start hanging on tools? Yeah, ice climbing didn't. I mean, I tried it in Thunder Bay for outdoor rec. I think cool. we all had to. <laughs> I put mm -hmm. that in quotes because it was pretty miserable. It was really cold, and we're all wearing you know ski boots and bashing our toes and um, not knowing what we're doing and getting the screaming barfies. Um, so I didn't really fall in love with it then. <laughs> I know a lot of my friends did and I kind of wish I had, but I didn't, uh, at all. <laughs> and so not till I moved to Canmore and already had my assistant rock guide and was kind of looking at next steps and thought, well, I guess I should become an Alpine guide now. And that means I got to learn how to ice climb. So stuck my, stuck my head into it, kind of full bore and yeah, I didn't fall in love with it at first, for sure. It took a while, but but once you do kind of like get good sticks and start to understand how it works, it it obviously becomes super addictive. I imagine you're a big ice climber. <laughs> yes, I'm a, I'm a big fan, for sure. Yeah, and now yeah. I wish, man, Thunder Bay is like one of the meccas, right? Like you guys have so much great ice and hard ice and untraveled ice. It's like, pff, yeah. Um, totally yeah there's no 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 pegboard ice in thunder bay that's for sure no no it's the real deal that's exciting <laughs> yeah yeah that's very cool i mean as wild like given what you're known for these days it's uh it's wild to think of you as you know having been a rock climber first and having not having been into ice climbing that much at first it's uh, yeah well i guess i'm i'm older now so it's still a long time that i've done both yes <laughs> that's fair rock climber yeah. yes that's fair um okay well, so yeah now we're talking about ice climbing <clears throat> so let's let's talk about ice climbing i mean i don't even know where to start the list is <laughs> the list is long but uh well i guess we could maybe go kind of chronologically like i imagine your your competitive days were 
earlier, no, maybe kind of in the middle of your ice career, like early 2000s, is that right? Early, mid 2000s? I don't even know. <laughs> I, I don't have, really have a date to them. I think, no, no, probably like 2010 and, and on maybe. Okay, cool. Yeah, like more when I just started to, um, like, I don't know, I guess I was ice climbing for quite a while. And then I thought it would be kind of neat to try pushing myself mix climbing and I realized pretty quickly that it's a lot more fun to climb steep mix climbing than it is to climb scratch and sniff stuff where you don't know what you're on and um yeah falls are a lot less fun when it's not vertical or not steep so yeah I think once I started to uh play around with that was when I thought about competing and you know it wasn't nearly as big of a deal then I don't think it wasn't yeah i don't know i think people were still just learning in, in in canada and the states like how to train for it there wasn't any gyms for mixed climbing and there wasn't very many competitions and so we would get pretty innovative back then it felt innovative to be just like climbing the back of stairs or finding structures to like tool around on to train because people hadn't really been doing that so much yet and now there's like everyone knows how to train on tools it's like the it's like the easiest thing to do is to train on your tools and get strong now so right. <laughs> yeah yeah that's very cool yeah i mean i i really wish that there was a uh uh like more you know mixed or drive tool specific gym closer to here i think that would be incredible for the the mixed climbing scene in this neck of the woods yeah well it's not it's not hard to 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 build a little bouldering wall really you don't need a lot of space for it mm-hmm so, yeah, I don't know. that's true. <laughs> yeah, and there is there is a fair bit of burly mix climbing here, but it's got uh, there's like a, a pretty solid grade gap up to like M seven M eight, so you gotta you gotta have your your stuff pretty buttoned up before you can really get on much of the the mix climbing around here, unfortunately. But we're yeah, working then... on it. There's a there's a bunch of us that are like trying to get there. <laughs> oh, cool. And then is it um traditional gear or is it bolted? A mix. Mix, yeah. both yeah at yeah. least you guys have granite which is nice <laughs> yes yeah yeah the bolts are bomber and the rocks pretty bomber um does seem like the whole limestone thing is a bit of a, a different vibe well you just don't get great gear so but bolts are nice i don't mind clipping a bolt <laughs> Fine totally. with me. oh yeah absolutely yeah. um well yeah so then since we're talking about the the Rockies and hard mixed routes. I mean, you are the the first North American woman to climb the grades M11 through M14, which for the record is harder than any route in Northern Ontario. The hardest route in Northern Ontario is M10. Um, and that's, that's incredible. I mean, it's incredible to be just a person who can climb M11 through M14 and never mind to have been the first North American woman to be able to do it. Um, I mean, do you have any just for the record, I'll, I'll read out the, the routes and the grades. We have Neolithic M11 that you did in 2012. Uh, Mushashi, am I pronouncing that right? Musashi, yeah. Musashi, <clears throat> uh, M12 in 2013. Uh, Steel, well, it's a hard one to pronounce. Steel Kaon, Kane? Cohen. Cohen, okay, wow, I'm really getting these wrong. M13, <laughs> and those three are all in, in Canada. And then uh, Stratofortress M13 and Mustang P51 in Colorado. Um, that's quite the collection of incredible roots. I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start with that. Like, how does one 
get to climbing M14? What's the what well, is the road honestly, to M14 like? Like I I mean I don't want to like um put a downer on this or anything, but these mixed grades are all kind of I mean, they're kind of funny, right? Like and they they change over time and um yeah. I mean, it basically becomes just like if you can hold on to your tools for a long time, you can climb pretty much whatever you want to climb. So it's just a matter of learning how to kind of relax on your tools and hang on and find ways to yeah, de-pump or stay comfortable. Um, and then and then, you know, there's a length of route and then there's the 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 difficulty of moves within the route and um yeah some of those routes are just really endurancey and some of them have harder moves but it, it feels like it's something like if you if you love the sport and you find it interesting and you like getting out there and kind of punishing yourself a little bit then mixed climbing is for you it's just like it's super fun to be kind of crawling on the underside of a cave and uh eventually getting to a piece of ice that's that's pretty exciting so I, I think I have no, I really, really believe that anyone who really loves ice climbing or mixed climbing and wants to climb those grades can do it. They just gotta set their mind to it, but that's so awesome. <laughs> I like them. that. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, sounds go, great. Go build yourself an M11 out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I will do my best. I assure okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, and then, I mean, you know, at this point, I'm just naming crazy roots. But then in 2020, you've got an incredibly notable link up, uh, you know, doing cryophobia, which is MA plus, snowphobia, M10 plus, and hydrophobia um, all in one day. And yeah. I mean, that's an incredible athletic accomplishment. But I think, well, I mean, the film Not Alone does speak a lot about this, but um, your choice not to finish hydrophobia um when it was, you know, within your physical capability, I think is a an interesting point. Is there anything that you want to say about that? Well, I, I definitely like reflect on that day as a big, yeah, highlight of of my athletic career. I would say just because it was something that I had dreamt about for a long time and almost never even wanted to say because I thought it's this is too like this is too hard for me. And I always wanted to do it with a partner, really. I thought, you know, that'd be the ideal way to do this link up. Swap leads the whole time, but try to do it clean. And then I just didn't think that was going to be feasible. So I figured I would put all my cards in my own basket, like control my own fate with it and try to do it on my own. And, and um, I was just really lucky to have a supportive team to go out there with me and um, just have someone jug the lines behind me that expediated things a lot um yeah and I guess I was just really motivated obviously I guess the film kind of alludes towards my motivation and and the the point of it like I, I really did want to be able to talk about Sonia and Massey's and and the ups and downs and um i, I felt like this would give me a little door to talk about it, um, to, to do something like this, but it, it was also regardless of the outcome, I just really wanted to try it as well. So 
yeah, when when the water dam broke up there, I had never experienced anything like that. That was like really significant water coming out of that climb. And, you know, you're two hours plus from your car if you get drenched and it's negative 10, like that's going to be pretty bad news. Um, definitely not worth it. Also not worth it. If a piece of ice collapses because of this gushing water and knocks us out or something like that, I just too many unknowns for sure. So it was, it was like a really easy call to say, let's turn around. And I don't think I'll, ever try it again i don't think i need to that wasn't the point but i really hope someone else does i think it'd be really cool to, to see that thing done and there's a lot of people that could do it so i would happily go support maybe you want to try i'll go support you <laughs> i'll jug your lines <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be incredible maybe i'll do a lot of pull-ups and and we'll see mm -hmm. if uh we'll see if i get there all right sign me up <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah i yeah, I appreciate you telling the story, and I I appreciate that you mentioned Sonia as well. I mean, as anyone who's seen the film uh, knows that that is has been a a pretty powerful uh, you know series of events in your life, and something that has you know had a, a serious impact on you, and also the the community in in Canmore um, in general. And I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen the film, they should watch the film for sure. And I'll I'll put a link nice. in to the the film in the show notes. Um, but I guess that that does uh, sort of lead well into talking a bit about uh, the mountain muskox. Um, would you be willing to sort of describe the mountain muskox for folks? Yeah, sure. I mean, after Massey's happened, um, man, I can't really even explain the state that uh, like I was in personally <laughs> for for a long time, and it really wasn't until like my therapist suggested I meet up with a couple other people who would experience something similar. And, and all of a sudden I felt like, yeah, like a bit of weight had was taken off me. Like I, I didn't feel so seriously closed off as I felt before. Um, it was kind of the start to, you know, it sounds cliche, but the start to my healing to like, yeah, finding a way to look forward again which which isn't necessarily a given after something like that happens you know like you you have two you have two choices <laughs> um so because of that that experience i really wanted other people to have that opportunity as well and i know there's you know accidents are happening every day in the mountains so just and they're going to continue to no matter how much we learn no matter how much we take away from um, our experiences and they're going to happen. We don't control everything out there. We just don't. Um, and so, um, yeah, we started to kind of get other people together and have meetings um, just sort of so people don't feel as alone after they have an experience in the mountains that doesn't go the way they intended it to go. Um, and it, just more it's more about building community more about building a community that understands and supports and kind of relieve some of that guilt and shame that people feel after these events um yeah just a bit of strength in 
in that support really. And now we're at a stage where, yeah, I'm the executive director and it's a bit bigger than I know what to do with sometimes because there's a real need for it all over. And I get emails from like New Zealand, Austria, like everywhere. And we're just really trying to build a template right now that we can make transferable so that any mountain community can kind of pick up like the mountain muskox template and build a chapter in their in their town and it's available for when people need it so that's the goal um yeah we'll we'll keep working on it we're always in need of you know we're nonprofit um so there's a lot of work going into this if anyone ever feels like they feel like it's a worthy cause we are always appreciative and um we really hope that yeah it's available for when people need it that's i mean it it sounds like a, a truly fantastic organization doing super important work um yeah, i mean if if uh people want to donate uh is there like a, a link on your website that they can go to or yep there's a donate now button it's really easy awesome cool yeah, well, I'll, I'll put a link yeah. i'll put a link in the show notes to that as well okay thanks uh, of course um yeah actually i uh just recently was interviewing uh somebody who um, I don't know if you would be familiar with him or not, but he's someone who's quite well known in, in this neck of the woods. Uh, Eric Landman, he's the the author of the ice climbing guidebooks uh, for this mm. this region. And he was mentioning that he's been participating you know, in in the interview. He mentioned that he was participating in some mountain muskox events and how how powerful that's been for him. So yeah, I, I met him at the intensive, and I yeah, I know him through common friends and small world this climbing community is a small world yeah <laughs> we totally. all impact each other so it's that's cool that you that i'll have to check out that podcast yeah there you go it'll <laughs> yeah. it'll be out soon okay sweet um yeah yeah um well yeah and yeah again just you know thanks so much for all the the work that you're doing on that and it is you're totally right that accidents are just going to keep happening it's a uh, you know snow is unstable and the mountains are scary and rocks are loose and no matter how how tight our systems are dialed there'll always be things that are beyond our control so it's good to have uh have folks like you out there watching all of our backs no oh, thanks appreciate that um and again i'll I'll just say for if anyone hasn't seen it uh absolutely folks should check out uh not alone and as i said i'll put a link to that uh in the show notes um well I mean that we've sort of covered uh, an incredible amount of time in a at a short amount of time. I mean we've gone from you you learning to top rope at Silver Harbor and the Pass <laughs> Lake to climbing M14 to climbing the massive link up in the Ghost to uh, oh I know what we didn't get to though um, before we I was gonna say we could move on to Helmkin but before we get there. Um, <laughs> We should talk a little bit about representation if you're uh, yeah. if you're into that. I mean, uh, in general, it's no no secret to anybody that uh, climbing is historically a sort of male dominated activity, and that that is a uh, a space that men have have taken up and not been inclusive of. And um, folks like yourself have done an incredible job of, you know, excelling and and building space and holding space and. Um, yeah, I wonder what what are your thoughts on representation and climbing? What what does that role play in your life? Well, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely not the 
the best spokesperson for 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 this, but I've I've um I guess as a female in climbing, one I've 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 felt like I've had a lot of great opportunities, first of all. Like um no doors have ever been I've never felt I've had any shut doors. Um, but at the same time, I've often sought out other females as mentors or, you know, looking to see what's possible for me by looking at other women. And I think that's similar for other um, communities, you know, for the LGBTQT community um, to just have more um, mentors, more people to see that there's this other world out there, this other possibility. And I was really fortunate to work with Arcteryx Alberta and and be kind of given this um, role of um, supporting these initiatives. And it's also really fortunate to have a couple of friends that were the perfect leaders to kind of do that. <laughs> um, my friend Claire Ellick and and Renee Laverne. Um, yeah, and and through that we just managed to run a bunch of new programs for for color of the trails and crush collective and a few other places and it's just it's great to see these initiatives taking off and just seeing more more i don't know what the word is just yeah more uh, it's always the same words we're using right more diversity more inclusion but just also just a more welcoming all-around community <laughs> That's that's what I think everyone wants in the end. Totally. Yeah, I think that that puts it really well. And I mean, yeah, as a you know, as a cis white male person, like I uh I am, you know, still trying to figure out what role I play in that, but I uh I really appreciate, you know, folks like you who are are helping to to create those spaces and do that work and and whatnot. And there, there are some uh, some great folks in Thunder Bay doing uh, doing similar work. I mean, folks uh, who are familiar with the podcast will will remember the episode with the Superior Sending Sisters, which is uh, a group of of women in Thunder Bay who, uh, yeah, are, are just you know seeking to to create and hold space for for women and folks who identify as women in the climbing scene in the region. So oh, cool, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um. Okay, well, that leads us to what maybe is our our final main topic, which is uh, what you've been up to just in the last uh, couple weeks or month or so. Um, can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? I've been beating my head against the wall and running away. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. <laughs> I mean, I I've been to Helmkin Falls a few times, uh, and you know, always with my partner Will um, or John Freeman. Um, and it's a big, you know, quite a scary, intimidating place, but also a place that, that holds the type of climbing that you don't find anywhere else, the spray ice climbing. Um, so I always had a dream of going back and, and doing something on my own there. Um, and ideally putting up a route to the top. So I managed to convince Inez Papera to, to climb with me. And that was also a dream come true. I mean, I've, looked up to her for many years we're the same age but you know she's accomplished so much and she's incredibly strong so um once I convinced her to go it was like uh oh <laughs> we're doing this so um 
yeah, and we had a great start to the year. It was really, really cold, which is what you needed to be. But then when we got there, it just started to get warm. So we built a route that's two and a half pitches long right now. Um, but we couldn't climb all of it just because it got too warm. But just that process alone to be in there with Inez, um, you know, lead bolting on really, really bad rock <laughs> through big hanging icicles. It was it was a real, real learning experience. And I, I, I enjoyed it despite my nervous system, probably yelling at me every day, <laughs> like, why are you doing this to yourself? Um, but yeah, in the end, we got to climb our first pitch, which is 40 meters and probably M11 something, maybe we don't know. Um, but it was, it, it was hard for us. So, um, we were pretty psyched on that. And now I just went back to kind of clean our ropes, which was a bit of a process. And um, in the meantime, some other climbers had put up some roots on the spray ice, which is where we originally wanted to climb, but couldn't because it was getting totally wet when we were there. Because it all depends on how the cone forms to kind of like hold in the waterfall. Um, but yeah, we got to go back and I got to climb those routes, which was which was really nice because all that hard work and never actually getting to climb any spray ice. I finally got to climb some this last trip. So that was that was cool. And I, I'm I'm even more kind of motivated and excited to go back again. Hopefully, hopefully I can convince Inez to go back and we can finish our route. It's going to be a really cool route if we can finish it. Sweet. How how uh, many pitches will it be if it's everything you can dream of? <laughs> well, um, the second pitch will probably be pretty hard, like M12. And then the, the third pitch, third to fourth pitch, we're hoping to eventually get into overhead hazard and then finish on that. So it would, you know, six, seven pitches, probably something like that. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. It's hard to even just wrap my mind around what climbing six or seven that stiff steep pitches would be like yeah i'm not sure either <laughs> we'll see oh <laughs> uh, fair well i i uh but I if wish you go to best. a crag if you just go to a crag and you like try to climb seven pitches it's kind of like that i guess except it's true just a lot scarier place yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot scarier <laughs> uh wow well is there anything else that uh any words of wisdom for for climbers in uh, northern ontario or folks at outdoor rack or things Man. any other any funny stories from your time here that you'd like to share with us oh uh, yeah i just remember the um the old uh i'm, I'm spacing it now like what, what what's the industry that was the old um big um like the, the mill buildings the mills, or, yeah yeah the, the old mills i just remember going at late at night and exploring in the mills the closed down mills obviously we right. weren't supposed to do that but we repel <laughs> and climbing them oh cool that was always exciting um and i remember some of the snow days man we get some epic snow days like where the sidewalk you literally couldn't see over the sides of this you guys still get that kind of snow sometimes yeah this year has been a low snow year but last year yeah i think we got like you know three feet in the matter of a couple of days uh Awesome. like last spring yeah yeah i remember we had a, a good little feud going on with our engineering um guys who lived above us in our in our house and they built a snow quincy over our car one day <laughs> like we couldn't get to our car it was totally buried um that was pretty funny 
I don't know. All I can say is just make the most of it up there. I reminiscing. It's like those were amazing years. So much adventure to be had in around Thunder Bay. You guys have it all really between the snow, um, the skiing, ice climbing, rock climbing, paddling, just, yeah. And the, the people you meet and the fact that you're all kind of just stuck up there, which seems bad, but it ends up being the best thing in the world. Yeah. Just you make the best friends at Lakehead, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. And I mean, uh, you know, you said it yourself. There's some pretty cool icicles around here. You think, uh, you think Northern Ontario might see, uh, see a visit from you at, at some point in the future? Yeah, that would be great. I would love to come back. Is there, is there any like new stuff to do too, or has it been pretty much? Uh, well, when I mean, like, did you like have you climbed? No, I mean, like you... new, new, like uh, anything. Oh, like oh, oh, god, yeah, absolutely. There's endless. You want to climb big big scary you know m10 plus roofs there's there's i mean there's there's probably you know a hundred roofs in orient bay and one of them has a route across it so <laughs> right okay <laughs> so you could definitely uh there that's a good question there's probably okay. some that would end in an icicle ice. yeah, yeah i'll start <laughs> yeah. i'll start firing you photos okay that'd be good yeah i'm i'm sure i can convince will that would be fun we'd love to do a trip out there yeah that'd be incredible well yeah. uh well, absolutely. I'll make that my mission now. I will find okay. I'll find an icicle worthy of Sarah and Will to come visit. <laughs> There's lots worthy for us to come visit for sure. But if I want to entice him, then I need to find something new. So that's yeah. fair. Cool. <laughs> right very, on. very cool. Well, yeah, again, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and uh, for all you do for for climbing. And uh, well, I see you in 10 years when you jug the lines when I do the link up in the ghost. Right on. I love it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much uh, for having me this was a real treat and awesome. um, good luck with the rest of your year up there thanks so much sarah all right take all care right. bye okay, bye wow that just was an incredible experience to get to sit down and chat with Sarah Hunnikin and very generous of her to uh, to share her time with me and with all of us. I hope that you enjoyed listening to that uh, as much as I did. Uh, that Of all the episodes that I've done, that was the one that I, I most enjoyed re-listening to, for sure. Um, so with that, I'll, uh, I'll leave it there. Please do check out not alone sarah's film and also uh, have a look at the mountain muskox website and if you feel like donating i know they'd appreciate it and they'd put it to good work uh and otherwise uh hope to see some of you out at the nipigan ice fest which is next weekend weekend of march 3rd 4th um i'll be out there helping out with the mix clinic and giving out some stickers and just generally hanging out having a good time so if you're there come say hello and uh, stay tuned. Later in the week, uh, I'm going to be putting out an episode uh, with someone who is very central to the whole conversation of ice climbing in Northern Ontario, and that is Mr. Eric Landman, the author of uh, Superior Select and Superior Ice. And, uh, you know, if you've gone ice climbing in Northern Ontario, you've almost certainly looked at his book. And uh, yeah, we all owe him a bunch of thanks. And he had a bunch of really interesting things to say. And so it seems appropriate that we get that episode out in time for uh, 
folks to maybe listen to it on their way to nip again for the weekend. So, uh, yeah, with that, hope to see you there and, uh, take care.